Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Scanline Tabletop. I'm Six Detmar. And I'm Jennifer Uncle. And we are here playing role-playing games on a podcast. This is an actual play podcast, and we are resuming our game of Mars Colony by Tim Copang. Uh, we are in our second session now. Uh, our, our, where we left off is thus. Uh, Jen is playing as Kelly Perkins, the so-called savior of Mars. Uh, Kelly is attempting to uh, save the colony on Mars from itself, uh, which is suffering from problems of terrorism, uh, transportation issues, and social unrest. Uh, so far, uh, you have done uh, 15 points of progress out of a possible 40 to solve on social unrest and made no progress on the other two. Um, you have made one progress scene. You get nine progress scenes. And uh, you have one deception, zero contempt, and eight admiration. Uh, and I believe it is my turn as we are picking up. All right. <laughs> Looking forward to see how things play out this time. So we're going to start off with a uh, personal scene. Uh, and we're going to open up, uh, so it's been a couple of weeks since, uh, you had the, the big powwow and, you know, like it didn't solve everything, but at least, you know, it's sort of, it stemmed the bleeding and people, I think currently the view is sort of like, okay, Kelly is not necessarily a politician, more of like a, like a policy person. Um, and they're like, they're like, well, you know, don't know how, how good she is at playing diplomat, but at least she's, you know, like worried about trying to get things straight and so people are like tentatively confident in you um you know the admiration is at eight so they like you well enough but they're like faith that you're going to get the job done they're like mm, you know it'll probably be all right um and as part of your ceremonies as governor um you've been invited to a uh, a special event um so you know there are special events all the time you go to you know like um like press events and stuff and this is one of those where you are being asked to uh judge a uh competition you're from earth you know about uh about like new york style pizza right yeah it's the kind where they slice it into squares right or is it the giant slices like the one dollar gigantic slice of pizza Okay, so you don't know about any kind of pizza at all. Um, <laughs> so uh, New York style is is very thin. Um, they do tend to be larger slices, but mostly it's defined by its its thin crust. Um, you've got also like a Chicago style, which is like a deep dish. You've got Detroit style, which is also a deep dish, but it's a little more bready as opposed to like the very like filled with cheese and sauce, like pie like nature of a Chicago style. You've got St. Louis style. There are all sorts of styles of pizza. And uh, the the culinary artists of the Mars colony are here to present Mars style pizza. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, so we have uh, two chefs here, um, though that's really not, not adequate to describe their talents as they are the foremost experts of pizza on Mars, and they are here to present to you two different ideas, because like any good food, it's not like someone came out and was like, here's the first ever Mars colony, Mars-style pizza. 
In fact, this has sort of been a cooking trend that's been going on for a while, and there have been different ideas as to what it should be. So uh, you have uh, Red String and Terrence Rivers, and these two are presenting you two different ideas of what Mars-style pizza should be that have been sort of growing in the, the sort of culinary atmosphere of Mars, but it's time to declare one of them the official pizza of Mars. Sounds easy enough. Like even if I even if I mess something like this up, in terms of getting the one that's slightly less popular, everyone has pizza their own way. So yeah, no one no one gets worked up about pizza. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um. So I think uh, red string goes first. Red string, uh, they them is uh like like long sort of slick backed hair with like a bandana bandana and like a very like like tightly buttoned um like red and white uh chef's outfit and uh i think like conveys like a, a sort of a mix of uh like like lots of like energy and enthusiasm but with a very careful restraint that they very they very rarely let it out. If you let get them going, they're going to get going. But they try to keep themselves on a leash, as it were. And they say, uh, "Hello, Governor. I'll be presenting to you first. Uh, my name is uh, my name is Red String. I'm a uh, culinarian here on Mars. It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm excited to see what you have in store. Uh, so what I have for you here is a." Uh, mm, Mars style, though of course uh, I'm sure uh, Mr. Rivers will be presenting a Mars style pizza as well. That's just how this goes. Uh, a Mars style uh, pizza with uh, marinara sauce, a mix of uh, four cheeses. Uh, we have a very nice uh, capricola on top with some grilled onions, all on a uh, phyllo dough crust. Huh. Uh, out of character, do you know what phyllo dough is? <laughs> I do not know. Uh, so phyllo dough is basically it's it's got its basis in uh, Greek cooking. Uh, have you had like uh, baklava before? Yes. Uh, that's the kind of dough they use in baklava. Basically, it is very thin sheets of dough that are covered in oil and then cooked. So it's like a bunch of very thin layers that are extremely crispy. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and sets down a pizza and, and, you know, cuts a slice and, you know, as is the way in these sorts of competitions, most of this pizza will be wasted, uh, because, you know, you can't eat that much pizza, but, you know, good, good presentation. Um, it's got a, you know, you've got that aroma from the, uh, the, uh, Capricola wafting off a little bit of onion mixed in there for, for some sweetness and some, uh, some savory and, uh, yeah, you know, feel free to dig in. Alright. Bottoms up. So what is, like, what is Kelly's culinary experience like? Um, I'd say that she has, she's mostly the kind of person who, she's learned a few basic recipes because it looks better to be someone who can cook and, uh, there's cooking shows that happen that she'll occasionally appear on just, like, as a guest in a 
challenge that isn't too strenuous. Uh, but she mostly, I'd say that she mostly has things. She mostly either buys stuff from the basic stuff from the store, or she orders out. Okay, so I think this has a, this is like a really um, one. It's very messy to eat because the um, the layers of uh, phyllo dough are very you know crispy and crumbly. So it is it does make a little bit of a mess. You know, you're not getting sauce all over yourself, but there are a lot of crumbs. Um, but it's interesting because it is this pizza with a very like a nice crunch, but it's not like you know a traditional thin crust crunch. It's this wafery kind of crunch. Um, it's pretty it's pretty greasy. Um, and, you know, you got, you got the, you know, I've already told you the flavors that are going on. Um, I know, do you want to make a, a sort of a role here to sort of determine what your reaction to this is, or how do you want to play this? Sure. Um, let, let's go ahead and do that. I forgot to bring my, well, my dice are over on the other side of the room, so... You know what? I'll make a actually I'll make a roll for red string to see how red string's dish turned out, and I'll also do a a roll for uh, Terrence Rivers when it's his turn. Okay. Okay. So here's here's a two d six roll for red string's uh, cooking skill. I'll take the higher. The higher is a six. Um. So I think it comes together really well. It's this um, like, obviously, I mean the the, the ingredients are just really nice, but there's also a layer of just, like, a, a tactile sensation that, like, you know, eating pizza, pizza can be kind of chewy, but, like, this level of, like, of crispy flakiness to it um, is really unlike any other pizza you've ever had, and it makes it feel like it's really good, but it's also, like, not filling at all. Like, you know, it's not like you felt like you ate nothing, but you're, like, you, you, you know, you're, in theory, you're having one slice, then moving on to the next. And you grab another two slices, because it's like, no, this doesn't even take up much space in my stomach. It's just very, very airy. Um, yeah, very, very positive reaction. Red String um, is is restraining themselves, but seems pretty, pretty excited by the reception. Um, and then uh, gives a... A slight bow and uh, doesn't doesn't ask your opinion. That would be that would be uncouth to do to jump the uh, jump the line. Picks up their pizza and steps to the back. And uh, Terrence River steps up. Um, he's uh, he's a big guy. Um, he's got a he's got a like a a shaved head with like a pierced eyebrow, and uh, he has a very intense expression. He doesn't seem angry. He's just very focused on whatever he's doing at any given moment. Um, but uh, despite that, he is wearing an apron, and the apron is an absolute mess. Um, and he sets down a dish in front of you, and he says, uh, I'm presenting to you my uh, Mars-style pizza. This is a uh, classic pepperoni with uh, pepperoncinis scattered across the top using a five-cheese blend with a marinara and a little bit of hot sauce over a nice uh, puff pastry dough. Okay, that, that sounds pretty good. I'm looking forward to trying it. Um, and, and I got just, I, you may know this one because it's a little more common, but for anyone at home, puff pastry, think the stuff they use to make croissants. Yeah, it, it's funny because with the first pizza you mentioned, I had already thought of it a little bit as a pastry, especially with the way that it was very airy and not entirely filling, so... 
Well, this is in fact the core divide here because uh, everyone can agree that Mars-style pizza is is more on a pastry dough than a bread-like dough. The question is, is it a phyllo dough or is it puff pastry? That's the divide that people can't make up their minds about and you are here to solve. Uh, Terrence Rivers is going to roll 2d6 here. Okay, that's a 5. That's pretty good. Um... Yeah, I think um, there is, like, at following up the Capricola, the pepperoni is perhaps a little unsubtle in its flavor. Um, but it, with the hot sauce, there's a, there's a little bit of nice heat that gets brought out alongside the pepperoni. And, you know, obviously the, the butteriness and flakiness of the, uh, of the puff pastry crust with a nice soft center. That's one thing that the, the phyllo dough is the same sort of, like, flaky, crispy all the way down because it's baked with so many thin layers. Whereas with a puff pastry, it does have changing textures as you go through. Um, and yeah, there's not there's not really much to complain about. Um, and yet, that is kind of your job. Because then uh, Red String and Terrence Rivers uh, line up and uh, sort of fold their hands. And then a friend comes out. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, what's what's the oh no? You like friends, don't you like having friends? <laughs> I do, but there if it's the friend that got us into trouble last Sydney time. Sydney Fane, uh beat reporter, is of course here to cover this. <laughs> uh and she steps out and she's like, Well, here we are today with another uh exciting report on Mars. Uh we're del- del- delving into the culinary world as uh for some reason the uh, head officers of News Network Corps are uh, scared of me covering political matters. So we're here with the culinary affairs of uh, Chef Red String and Chef Terrence Rivers presenting the first ever official Mars style pizzas to our uh, dear governor, Kelly Perkins, uh, close friend. Uh, Kelly, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. Um, surrounded by a bunch of good food, and uh, these ama- these two chefs are amazing at what they do. So I'm excited to. I'm glad I'm getting to meet them and uh, taste their food. Doesn't it feel a little strange to boil down someone's entire career and existence to one dish they've ever created? Doesn't this feel a little bit insulting to them? If they. <laughs> Just wondering your thoughts. Just wondering your thoughts. <laughs> If they do take offense to that, I apologize. Um, I am really... No conviction. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the judging. Uh, I believe you were uh, first served the uh, filo dough style uh, with uh, capricola and uh, grilled onions on top from uh, Chef Red String. Yes. Uh, any th- thoughts, on, thoughts on this uh, pizza? I'm covering pizza now. <laughs> Well, it's delicious. It's very savory. Um, it was so good that I ended up having multiple pieces. Um, one thing I would mention is that uh, the way that the, the phyllo dough um, is constructed makes it so that a single slice uh, didn't quite do it for me, but having more than one slice, uh, it ended up being a pretty good pizza. How many slices do you tend to have when you order pizza? Uh, <laughs> uh, depends on whether we're talking the 
giant style one dollar single slice or a more traditional pizza from a um, restaurant uh there's no need to hedge governor this is just a, a friendly question between friends i guess around two th- i guess around two to three pieces usually so something of a glutton uh fair enough uh as far as uh the pizza from uh terence rivers we had a puff pastry crust with a uh, five cheese blend uh pepperoni uh, marinara and a hot sauce with pepperoncinis on top of slightly unconventional pick leaning a little more spicy perhaps uh could you uh feel the heat i could absolutely it was a very nice choice of spices on it and uh got a good tingle on my tongue and that that's usually around the spice i'm looking for uh and it it was delicious Wonderful. So, uh, doesn't sound like it was uh, a very one-sided competition. Both of our chefs put on a admiral display, the kind of display that uh, anyone would be proud to cover, as opposed to their usual beat, covering the matters of states and the future of the world. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, your decision will be equally uh, monumentous. Well, whatever we decide, I'm happy that Mars has its own style of pizza and you could you could really you could really mark each area of the universe or wherever we inhabit by every every place's different style of pizza and i think that's one of the best parts about uh i it's nice to have that sense of individuality in mars i have celiacs anyway um i was wondering why would a ro- cyborg have celiacs? Listen, it's a weird thing. Um, <laughs> are you ready to declare a winner? I think I am, yes. Um, so, I think the these were both incredibly good pizzas. Uh, they left me satisfied. I had a very good meal here. But uh, the pizza that spoke out to me the most was the one made with the puff pastry uh, Terrence Rivers well there you have it folks Uh, obviously because we were prepared for the eventuality of one of the chefs completely losing their mind they are not mic'd up so you will not be hearing from them but uh, you can hear from me all you want I'll be hovering the post game over on uh, twitch.tv slash uh, pizza time. <laughs> uh, but uh, until next time, folks, uh, Sydney Fane here with only the most important of matters. Uh, just one, uh, one more question uh, before we go. Uh, Governor. Yes. Did you ever check up on those uh, those fans in sector in sector seven A? It is something we are looking into. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Still no action. Uh, Sydney Payne, signing off. And the little light on her, indicating that she's live, uh, turns off. Uh, and she kind of sags a little bit um, behind a, uh, a what you've noticed now is a soundproof screen, because indeed there was some concern that, there, that the chefs would uh, 
lose their temper a bit, depending on how this went. Uh, you can see Terrence is celebrating and Red String is uh, trying very hard to be polite and not, you're, you're thinking maybe not totally succeeding, but, but doing their best. Um, and uh, Sidney Fane uh, turns to you and says, so, pizza, huh? Yep, pizza. I may have uh, gotten a little bit of a talking to for the way our interview went before, uh, but don't think you've gotten out of this that easily, Governor. The people of Mars deserve to know the truth, and they deserve to have their officials have the screws put to them, as it were. I excuse me for some colorful language. Obviously, I'm merely being metaphorical. Of course, of course. It any functioning democracy works best when it has a press uh, at its heels, checking them at every turn. Would be nice if we had a democracy, wouldn't it? I don't remember anyone voting for you. You just sort of showed up. That is a fair point, yeah. Um, it's It's been a complicated situation for both of us, it feels like, because after that initial report you did, I got a talking to as well. So we're both in the doghouse, as it were. Perhaps we can make this work to each other's benefit. I'll get back in contact with you soon. All right. Understood. Um, and she sort of like moves her hand over the thing and she picks up a piece of pizza and lifts it and smells it and just makes a face, sets it back down, and walks out. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I think that's it for my scene. Okay. Now, remembering what I need to do, I need to do either a personal scene or a progress scene, right? Or mm -hmm. you're the one who initiates yeah. progress scenes, aren't you? No, no. I, I, I can force you to do a progress scene. Uh, you are free to start one whenever you want. But if you keep doing personal scenes, I can be like, here's a problem scene. Now you have to do a progress scene. But you can do a progress scene whenever you want. Um, you get nine progress scenes, and then our session is over. Um, or our, our campaign, I suppose. Um, you've already done one. Uh, you have to, to solve all of Mars' problems, you have to get to 40 in our three categories. Currently, you only have a 15 in social unrest, but also that 15 is a temporary 15 because uh, it was a cover-up between you and Evan Bao. Um, and if it is discovered, it will go badly. If it isn't, though, I mean, you know, you can, you can get that to 40 and then just it'll never come up, but it'll be fine. So... So if I get it to 40 somehow, it will be set in stone? No. Um, but if you get all of them to 40, it will be, because the game will be over. If you get it to 40, then you won't have to roll on that category again, and I think the odds of it being discovered go down, but it's still possible. Okay. Um, I do think that we should probably check on those fans, just in case 
that comes back to bite me later, and it gets worse. But I'm not sure whether that would be a personal scene or a progress scene, because... I mean, it sounds like you're trying to address a problem of the um, of the colony. I think that would be a progress scene. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the nature of that problem would be it would be a terrorism problem. I see. So it's something that uh, terrorists have blown up, more or less? I mean, you literally haven't looked into it. So uh, unless... Or have you? Do you want me to do... Like, has your department done done the footwork and at least figured out what's going on maybe you can just say yes i'm not require a scene of you yes okay um yeah there has been um repeated issues of a few different um like turbines which are basically used to uh they they pull in um they have underground they have a sort of a, a facility that's generating air for the colony and then the air gets sort of pumped into the the um, colony up above through these uh, through these turbines through these fans, and um, there have been issues with what seems pretty clearly like sabotage to a couple of the fans in a in a specific uh, neighborhood. Um, it, it is like it is clear that it is not just a, a manufacturing breakdown that there was some uh, involvement, but so far there are like because there hasn't been too much effort put into it there's so many other problems going on it is not clear exactly what the problem is other than you know someone is doing something but they're not sure who um if you do a progress scene obviously provide more detail on that okay yeah um i think a progress scene would probably be good for this because it's it's the colony's air right that's probably something that needs to get addressed especially since we're out in freaking space <laughs> mm-hmm so just to be clear, um, it is not a case where the uh, air is being, like, it's not like the air is not being generated, it's just not being circulated as well as it could be um, in some areas, which, you know, I'm not saying is not a problem. Uh, it absolutely is, but yeah, just wanted to be clear on that. So, uh, progress scene, um, you are uh, now going to roll to see... Uh, what happens? You're gonna roll a two d six, and let's see what you got. Okay, let me see. Oh dear. Okay. What you got? I got a one and a two. Okay, so your plan is a failure. Um, you uh, so it's a basically it's a disaster. You can either create a deception to try and keep these or it is a failure and we'll we'll roll with that um i will note if you get a failure you'll get one point of contempt if you get two five points of contempt you are removed from office oh jesus okay um what would you like to do here <laughs> and assuming this gets assuming i said deception and that got caught out that probably lead to the other deception getting caught too, right? And um, I mean, it's. I'll be honest. I haven't totally read the rules on how deceptions work. I just know that uh, the more deceptions you have, uh, the worse it gets for you. It's a it's a thing that compounds itself. Okay. I guess I'll take one contempt point then. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm still kind of nervous about the one deception I picked up, but it is what it All is. All right. Well, uh, with that being the case, 
Um, so this is going to be a scene where you are attempting to address this problem and you rather spectacularly fail um, in a way that makes the populace upset with you. Um, that said, it's up to you to set the stage. Where are we? Who's here? Um, I will help as needed, of course, but um, I'm, you know, I'm not here to, to steal the place setting from you. Okay. Um, hmm. I think it might be interesting to be in a situation where, well, a lot of them have been public situations so far with things going wrong at PR campaigns. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if this latest campaign was something that I was doing with uh, more behind the scenes, more or less, but still putting my face on it. And mm-hmm. essentially, essentially, we went around and uh, what was the best? Hmm. I'd say we un- uh, we had unveil. Okay, today we around this time the fans should start working properly again and fixing the air quality. But because I'm away from that situation and everyone else is busy with other things as well, it wasn't handled with the amount of people it should have been handled with. And one person said something to another person between the people who were sabotaging it. And during that time, they made it so the fans were even worse. I think I mean we need a scene. Um Oh yeah. If it's a thing if it's a thing where you announced that this was going to happen, I mean like if you want to make this really painful, uh it could be like the scene where like you're like on a podium in front of the fans and you're like and they'll reactivate now and they just don't. <laughs> they reactivate now and the control panels explode. <laughs> yeah, I mean do you want to do something like that? Like a real like you holding like like a you know not even a press conference just like like almost like a rally where you're like yes I've done the thing and you have not done the thing yeah that, that, I like that idea <laughs> okay uh who is present um it doesn't have to be named doesn't have to be characters we've we've done before I mean they are they are available to you but also I mean I'm I play anyone who isn't you basically so you can just say anybody and we'll we'll come up with shit okay. You said they don't need to be named characters? Right. I'll probably end up giving them names if they're playing a role on the scene, but... Um... Okay, I'd say they're residents of that specific area. Like, uh, they're people who... I'm, I'm surrounded myself for PR purposes with people who live in that area to be like, look at this good thing I'm doing for them. Okay. Alright. Um... Okay. Uh, go ahead, take it away. So, so you are, um, it's it's like a small thing. Is it like a town hall? Or like, how is it, like, what's the size of this event? Uh, hmm. I'd say it's fairly small to mid-sized sort of thing. Just kind of a, since, since a lot of my stuff recently has been closer to the pizza stuff, it's probably not a huge crowd. It's just like, it's just around the size of the people who live there and also some other people from throughout Mars who just came to see me do something. Okay. All right, well, uh, take it away. I'll follow up with whatever you got. 
All right, so I'm standing on the podium. I have, uh, it honestly looks like one of those comical big red button sort of situations holding in my hand like an RC controller. And I'm like, people of Mars, for too long these fans have been on the fritz and not providing our lovely residents here with the air quality they deserve as as citizens of Mars, we want everyone to have the best living conditions possible. As soon as I hit this button, these fan, your air problems will be over, and circulation will return to this area, and hopefully we will breathe new life into this sector. There's some, there's some, you know, cheering from the crowd. They're mostly like, they're mostly a pretty like calm bunch, but you know, there's like a little bit of cheering and like some like smiling and nodding. And without further ado, I put my hand right over the button. Five, four, three, three two, two, one. My hand slams down on the button dramatically, and uh, so. Oh, sorry. If you have an idea, I'm sorry. I, I keep trying to go into to, to GM mode. If you have an idea as to how this goes bad, um, I had an idea too, but... Well, my idea was basically that my fist comes down on the button and nothing happens. And I press it a few more times. I kind of check the bottom of the remote. People in the crowd seem to be slightly confused. And at the point where I shake it three or four times, suddenly a loud explosion is heard behind me, and I basically dive below my podium for cover. I think rather than a large explosion, I think it's better if what happens is, uh, I mean, you don't hear, like, you don't, like, because your back is to it, you don't see anything happen. But suddenly the crowd gasps, and you turn around, and the sort of like the like the the big like LCD screen over the turbines that's supposed to display the status says "Free Mars, throw off Earth's shackles." Oh dear! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is that in character? Yes. <laughs> All right. We're shutting things down here. Um, wait, I, I basically... Wait, wait. Governor. What? What's wrong with the fan? It's wait. like someone in the front row. Ah, uh, the fan was having problems earlier distributing air to the citizens in this sector. So... So you made it broadcast propaganda what was supposed to happen when i pressed this button was the fans were supposed to start moving at the correct speed and distributing air properly and clearly that is not what happened so i will need to speak with my aides about this and look into whoever is responsible another person up front says you know i've got a box fan at home it's not like a complicated piece of machinery. It spins and the air goes. 
Yes, but a box fan is good for a single dwelling. A fan that is supposed to generate air through an entire sector of a city is a bit more complicated. Uh, and then, like, from, uh, f- like, the, th- from near the fan, you hear someone shout, I got it! And then the wires, like, spark, and the fan starts going. Alright! Uh, hopefully, well, alright, it seems like the fans are moving again. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to take... Hey, that's Benedict! Benedict! Benedict, what are you doing? Um... And it is a, like, it is clearly just a regular citizen who lives in the neighborhood who has just gone to take a look at it and just fixed it. Oh, thank you. Benedict, was it? Thank you so Uh, much. Yeah, uh, Benedict Dalton. Um, It's just a wire. You just tuck in the wire? Uh... What exactly were your recru- your repair crews doing? Apparently, they were not doing their job. So, I'll need to speak with them and figure out what happened, as well as find out whoever's responsible for... And I just gesture at the TV. This nonsense. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, let's... Let's go home, folks. And people just start filing out. Uh, and uh, in this moment, uh, well, like, as this is happening, uh, Chief of uh, Staff uh, Spaniel from the mayor's office uh, jogs in. Oh, sorry I'm late. Whew, you got the fan going. Great. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, the mayor is going to be really, uh, really pleased to hear that. I know there's uh, been... A lot of trouble trying to get a repair crew out here, but, you know, get the governor's office on the job and just no time at all taken care of. Uh, not, not as many happy people as I would have expected, but, you know, I guess, you know, it's just a clap for the fact that you can breathe, right? I mean, I guess, uh, you know, can't get too excited. It's just uh, just oxygen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, are there is there gonna be like a photo op? Should I? Are we, you want to shake hands in front of the fan? We need to talk somewhere private. Uh, okay. Uh, he looks around. Uh, looks like everyone left. I guess the place is pretty private now. And then the, someone turns off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get that. You, you hear it moving in the. Ow! Oh. Mm. It's okay. And then after another couple of minutes, there's a click, and the lights come back on. Um, and uh, Chief of Staff Spaniel, uh, not like super limps, but limps back to the stage. Okay. Uh, what's well? Uh, what, what can I do for you, Governor? What I'd like to know is when I pressed this button instead of the fans being fixed. It showed pro. It showed. It showed anti Earth propaganda. And then some random engineer from the area, I guess, walked up, moved a wire, and the fans were suddenly working again. Well, I mean, uh. Hmm. 
So that's a bit of a stumper. Um, I will say, if all it took was moving one wire, then the engineers must have done a lot of work, because it definitely wouldn't have been that easy beforehand. Um, we should probably commend them for that. Uh, but as far as the propaganda part, um, you said it, you, when you hit the button, the propaganda popped up? Yep. It was supposed hmm. to start at the fans, but uh, it just showed something on TV and... No one was happy about it, least of all me. Uh, he picks up the remote and spins it around and sort of like like squints his eyes and stares at it. He's like, I don't speak electronics, so I actually don't really know what's going on. But um, obviously I will pass this off to uh, some of our engineering crew. Uh, they will take a look at it. They will they'll, you know, dissect this, uh, this friend here. And it gives a little pat-pat uh, and figure out what's going on there. Um, I think the important thing here, uh, the fan is back on. That's great. Um, and, you know, nobody seems mad. Uh, it's good that the Earth Coalition didn't show up to this. That would have been bad. Um, but, you know, positive thinking. Uh, you know, as the planet may be red, but there's no need to get your face red. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, hopefully the rest of this colony has the same rosy view you do, because from what I saw, there were people who were pretty upset by this. Oh, Governor, it's just how people are around here. You don't live on the fourth rock from the sun without learning to master your anger. I just stared deadpan. No? (laughs) Wow. You're more frigid than the ice caps. No? Nothing? All right. Well, well, you never know. Um, okay. Well, I will get people looking into it. Uh, is there any, like, specific vector? Yeah, I mean, I know you have your own staff, and we had, uh, you, uh, yeah, I think y'all hired some, uh, some contractors to work on this. Um, do you want me to, like, to get them for cross-exam? I don't know how this works. This is not a really a, hmm. Should we arrest them? We're going to be talking to each one individually, or looking into their background at the very least, and then moving from there, I think. Okay. That seems reasonable. Um, Is there anything I can do for you? You seem really stressed out. I've got an orange, I think, in my pocket. It's an earth one, too. I grow it in a greenhouse. Maybe I should call it a red house. (laughs) You know what? I'll, I'll... I th- I thank you for the orange. I'll go ahead and take that. And uh, if you could have someone clean this area up so I don't have to be in this sector for, like, the next few days, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. You know, I think we still got our, uh, our you know, like, all the, the uh, catering and the, uh, like, vent staff should all be on payroll still. So, uh, I mean, re- really, if you want to, like, have some of the buffet uh, that was planned, uh, you could still you could still hit up the buffet before you get out of here. Yeah, I might take a plate to go. Okay, okay. Uh, chicken fingers? What can I interest you in? <laughs> chicken fingers and an orange sound nice about now. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Chop, chop, folks. And he turns and gives a little clap, clap, and some staff run up, and they start uh, getting you some food. 
uh, and they initially put it on a plate, and then he, you know, whispers a few words to them, and they run and get a, a little to-go container, uh, loaded up. Um, he says, "I am trying to get a hold of your driver, um, who expected you to be another hour or so. Um, so he's crossed town, uh, but he should be here pretty soon. Traffic, I hear, is a little bit, uh, bad because it." Oh. Oh. What is... What's that I was supposed to mean? And, like, for the first time, uh, Chief of Staff Spaniel stops smiling. Oh. Um. Governor, uh, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, you can use my uh, my vehicle. We're going to go ahead and get to, out to my car here. Uh, <clears throat> security, close in. Uh, we're going to be moving a little bit quick here. Let me explain as we go. Uh, please, uh, into the car, if you would. All right, I'll follow right behind. Uh, it... You slide. You slide in the car. There are a lot of a lot of uh, clearly uh, like security individuals suddenly like popping up and, and making their presence uh, very known. Um, he also steps steps into the back of the car and closes it. And uh, there's a quick like tap tap on the top of the car, and they start to drive. Uh, it appears that in downtown there was a little explosion. Um, nobody died, as far as we can tell so far. First responders are still on the scene. Uh, we do have quite a few injuries, including your driver. Um, it does appear to have been uh, uh, a, a, a planted explosive device in a trash can. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> So, there's that. Um, I think it was probably unrelated, Governor. Um, I mean, you know, as unrelated as anything is on this colony, but I think it's just the troubles around here not not calming themselves down. Indeed. Uh, Is there anything I can get you? Um, I know, um, I don't know how close you were with your driver. We can, obviously, we can get a new driver, and he... He should be okay. He's going to be in the hospital for a while. Um, should we take you to your to your office to your to your home? Where would you Where would you like us to, to drop you off? Uh, I'll I'll be sending some security with you just to be safe at this time. For now, I think it'd be safest to go to my office. It's it puts me in the best place to react to this and get people on the line to figure this out and. I think the last place I need to be right now after everything that's happened is hiding from it. I can, yeah, I get it. Um, well, if you need anything, the mayor's office is, is always, is always here for you. Um, news network is probably going to be sniffing around trying to get some, you know, I'm, you know, I don't, I know you didn't have much media coaching, but you can, you can, totally just say that you're not taking questions right now that's perfectly reasonable um earth coalition's gonna have questions you know pro well i guess not pro anything more anti-earth message displayed right before a bombing downtown um yeah i'm sorry governor this is this is a bad situation it's what i signed up for when i took this I should have anticipated something like this would happen. 
can all be pizza parties, am I right? Yeah. You're right, though. The uh, the pastry dough. Pa- puff pastry? What, the, the croissant pizza. That was really good. That was a good pizza. <sighs> all right. Uh, I am going to make some calls uh, with your with your permission. I don't mean to be rude. Just, you know, we got to get the, the ball moving on some of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should okay. get this going. Okay. And he uh, sort of sits back and, and, you know, pulls up a phone and starts making a lot of urgent calls. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting in the back, head folded into my hands. That's a bad day, bad situation. Uh, is there anything else you want from this scene? I think that about does it for that scene. Like, okay. uh, I can't think of anything else to add. All right. Uh, so not so much progress there on the terrorism problem. Yeah, I'm glad that it can't go to negative numbers. Yeah, you know, that is a relief. I mean, it sort of did in a way. I mean, because you got contempt. That's basically negative. But that's okay. These things happen. Um, and I think... Given that it went so badly, unfortunately, I think that, like, this is one of those things where, like, respecting the narrative, people are going to insist that you make another attempt at dealing with the terrorism problem. Um, So I think our next scene is maybe the day after. I think, think, you know, for the rest of that day, you're given quite a lot of space. You know, your aides come in and talk to you here and there. They're not, but, you know, like, people from outside are, are... either showing respect and staying away or they're the news and people are telling them to fuck off mostly um, that this is not the time Um, but uh, I think at this time uh, you are you are in your office and um, there's a knock and your secretary steps in and says uh no, Mila Harway is here to see you. All right. Uh, send her in. Uh, and you know, she opens the door and Mila slides in and her face, she looks really, you know, down. She says, Kelly, I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry too. I... Uh, I feel like I've underestimated the severity of this, of these pro-Mars terrorists. They've, like, when I got here, I guess I was blindsided because of the, (laughs) the yellow party being so... Much. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, we, we... (laughs) They like to talk about us, I guess. Um, for what it's worth, I've, I've tried to keep us out of your way. In the meantime, I know you've got a lot on your plate. Um, but, Kelly, this isn't working. Yeah, something needs to change for sure. And my approach right now is insufficient. We got a 
message. Uh, we're going to pass it on to the police, but frankly, the police around here, I don't know how much we can trust. Um, so I wanted to come to you. Uh, we have had a, uh, wow, here. And she hands you a letter. It's, you know, written on a piece of paper. It's kind of crumpled up. Um, it's typed out. It's not handwritten. And there's no signature on it. Um, and basically what it says is that the Yellow Party needs to vacate their headquarters because, uh, by the end of the week it will not exist anymore. Um, and the language is, is clear in the fact that they're not suggesting that they're just, they're just going to lose popularity. A bombing threat, in other words. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't, I mean, listen, it doesn't do us any good to point fingers but also this isn't these aren't accidents that are happening and i mean i don't have any problem with the green party well i mean you know we disagree about how things should be run but like i know a lot of green party people who are all very good people but their base is getting out of hand and I think some it's time I I don't I don't know how to tell this to you Kelly. Um you know where you know I'm your friend. You know I I I want what's best for you and I want what's best for Mars. Um I don't think there's a situation where we can call everyone into a room and have a talk. I don't think that's going to do it. I think you're right and I think I need to we need to specifically find the Green Party members that are associated with this act and bring them to justice. So, uh, I, it feels weird to say I was hoping you would say that because I was hoping you wouldn't need to say that, but I was prepared for this possibility, I guess. Um and she uh, like pulls out her phone and she swipes a few things and it projects sort of like holographically like a slightly bigger version of her screen out. Um, and on it, she's, she's showing some documents. She says, so under the Mars Charter, uh, the uh, lead official, which is ordinarily the mayor, but with you in charge, it's now you, Governor, uh, have the right to call in uh, basically extra special forces uh, from the Earth Coalition in order to investigate threats to the colony's stability. Um, I think this is occasion where you need to, you need to, I, you people don't like the phrase martial law, um, but we got to think about lives here, right? Yeah, it's, it's a situation where I do want to make it clear to the thing I'm worried about if we call martial law is that Zeon is... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'm worried about if we call martial law is that the Green Party is well entrenched right now. If we... If we send... 
if we send forces from Earth to come in and take care of the problem, they'll they will have a they have a number of people that work for News Network. And if we happen to send people in from Earth to take care of this, it will give them ammunition to be like, see, Kelly Perkins was sent here to re-establish Earth's grasp over Mars. And if that happens, things could deteriorate even faster than they are right now. We can... We can... Hmm. Kelly, as part of this, the military would be seizing control of the airwaves temporarily with your permission and with discretion, but they would have the ability to stop such broadcasts. Um, for a little bit, we could have the messaging under control. I, I know you're not a big fan of the Yellow Party, but at the very least, we understand that sometimes you need to take dramatic action, and we can be out there helping people understand that what's happening right now is not permanent, and it's not It's not like like retribution. It's just trying to solve a problem before it gets worse. We can be out there trying to help. I think helping is a good idea. At but I also think that we need to approach this very carefully. What I'm going what I'm going to propose is that we bring your party headquarters we, we temporarily move the yellow party to a different discrete location, well guarded by our staff. And in the meantime, we, we keep that under wraps though, and while that's happening, we will go ahead and investigate the Green Party and figure out exactly who is responsible for this before they can inflict any more damage. Okay. Okay, I think that's a I think that's a good idea. Um here. And she gives you uh like a folded piece of paper and she's like, I know you I gave you my card before. That's my office. I'm not always at the office. I'm sure you're not always at the office. This is my cell phone. Listen, just anytime. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get to work on getting all this done. Um, I'll I'll see you soon. Listen, please be careful. You too. Thanks. Um, and she slides out of the room. Uh. I am done with the scene, but I think, do you agree with me that it's fair as a consequence of this that we move the Yellow Party from fringe to minority? I think that's fair, yes, since since I'm effectively using government powers to offer them more protection. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's not, even if I don't see it necessarily, even if Kelly doesn't see it necessarily as a move of endorsement, it is undoubtedly seen as a protection of some sort. Like, and and Mila Haraway would be very good at spinning it into. Like, you know, she's not looking you know, she's she is trying to help the colony, but in her mind part of the part of helping the colony is helping herself, because if she has more power she can do more good for the colony. Totally. So she she is definitely going to, you know, 
encourage she she wouldn't tell any lies but she would definitely encourage the belief that you know the yellow party is being really helpful in these times and and uh i think as a result they are growing in strength uh since we just had a uh a opposition scene it follows to you you have to make a progress scene addressing terrorism okay what's the plan my plan is that uh we we effectively we effectively bring the we effectively look into who was responsible for well Basically, since the bombing is a more serious issue, we look into some place where they might have been not as careful to disguise their influence. Specifically, we'll look into the fan issue and the Green Party members that might have been responsible for that. And through that, since it was clearly part of a coordinated effort, we can use that to circle back around and figure out who is responsible for the bombing. So it sounds like you're going like a, it's going a little less hard. Like I think the um like you are calling in like the Earth Coalition uh, forces, but they are mostly being used to guarantee security, and you're doing like an investigation rather than having them you know like going in. Is that right? Correct. We're not going. We're not. We're not running in and raiding the Green Party or arresting a bunch of them immediately. What we're basically doing is looking into their background, and if we can find any sort of link back to that bombing, bring them in for, basically, bring them in for questioning and move from there. Okay. Well, now it's time for your favorite part of the video game. It's not a video game, but um, (laughs) you gotta roll some dice to see how this goes. All right. A five and a two. Okay. Uh, so, since it's been a while, let me remind you of the rules of success. So, you need 20 points to make significant progress towards a colony's uh, issue. You need 40 points to stabilize it. When you roll and do not get a one, the number of points you've gotten is uh, basically the, the amount you've worked towards that project. So, currently, it's seven towards the terrorism problem out of fault 40 um this is your third out of nine uh progress scenes so it is worth noting that you have uh spent one third of your progress scenes however if you have succeeded in your role you can continue to roll as many times as you like you can keep on adding to this okay i think that's necessary (laughs) to to make sure we don't get an uh, immediate game over okay go ahead and and roll again then if you like to two and a five again (laughs) okay okay so that's up to a 14 would you like to keep going or would you like to stop i'm gonna keep going okay roll again okay a six and two six and a two that brings you up to 22. Continue or stop? I am stopping for now. <laughs> okay. This means that this scene gives you significant progress 
towards your, your goal of addressing the terrorism problem. So, with that said, what happens? Okay, so I'd say that um, based on my plan of first investigating the specific fan incident, because that seems like an area where they would be less... They, they would be less... They'd be less careful about covering up their tracks. We find someone from that, bring them in for questioning, and are like, look, we could probably pin both of these to you, but we're not going to if you can give us the information about who was responsible for setting up the the bombing attack. And we do get some names of people that were involved with the bombing to the point where we're able to with with justification, arrest some people and bring them in. And these arrests, since it's dealing with about, it's 22 out of 40, right? Uh, yes. Since it's dealing with 22 out of 40, it seems like a situation where we can essentially... I'd say is we make a decent amount of progress in terms of getting some of the ringleaders behind these terror... Like, not the ringleaders, but some of their higher-up individuals, and we're putting the pressure on them to... If not stop entirely, then move down their procedure significantly. Um, I think as part of this... So, um... I think as part of this, you discover that one of the members of the Green Party who has had a significant hand in what's going on is a member of the Colony Council. It's Council Member Stewart. Okay. With a twenty-two, obviously, I don't think you're going to get everyone, but yeah. you know that's a that's a that's a high up person in in this. Uh, you know, it's a member of the Colony Council, which is not a huge organization. They're a powerful organization, but they don't have a ton of members. So, um, what kind of scene would you like? Hmm. Would uh, Council Member Stewart have his own... Or maybe it's one of the situations where I walk in on a Colony Council meeting and effectively arrest Stuart on the spot. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm here for that. Um so they're having a regular meeting. It's in the the colony council halls and you've like you basically gotten word and you are heading there personally as part of this 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 bust basically. Mhm. Is it a situation where it's like you're going in to make this look more official cuz you just don't want like, you know, earth special forces kicking in the door? Yeah, or... it's it's basically it's basically gonna look like Mars Mars's own. I'm the people on Mars are taking care of homegrown Mars terrorism. Okay, okay. Um. All right, uh, you can like. I guess the thing that I think makes sense for me to do here is I'm going to just have members of the council talking. And you just interrupt me with with shit when you're ready for shit to pop. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, so let me look at the list again. Uh, Council Member Robert. Naturally, we're concerned with these issues, but shouldn't we be more concerned with the increased interest that Earth has in interfering in our affairs? Mars can solve its own problems. We don't need these officials from Earth to come in and tell us how things should be run. Uh, and then uh, Councilmember Tanya. I don't think anyone here is saying that we need more Earth representatives telling us how things are, should go. But I do think it's entirely fair to say that despite the fact that these problems were likely created by Earth, we may need a little bit of help to deal with them. We don't have the infrastructure here. Our police are incompetent. And beyond that, we don't really have any martial forces here. If we're dealing with terrorism, we need help. We don't have to like where the help comes from. Uh, and Representative Mariana Mello, I think you are all mistaken in thinking that Mars should solve Mars's problems. It's not that Mars should solve solve Mars's problems. Mars is a child. It is a parent's responsibility to help the problems of the child. Earth, our mother planet, is coming with resources and people and expertise to address the concerns of this little head of this little hedgling? What the fuck is that? <laughs> <clears throat> this little hatchling. And it is all we can do to be gracious and accept that ex that assistance. I understand the, the instinct to stamp your feet and demand that you're all big boys, but you're not. Mars is a little child, and it needs the hand of its parent. There's no shame in that. That's just how things are. Uh, Tanya... Okay, Earth is not our mom. Earth is, what, like, our boss is being generous? Uh, it's, listen, if you want to suck up to billionaires, Mariana, I'm not going to stop you. It's at this point that I come in and I, I basically swing the door open and I'm followed by... Wait, we, we were keeping the um, Earth forces at in the background, right? So they're probably not... Uh, if here. you want, it, it's it's your scene, however you want to play it. Okay, I'm working with uh, local Mars security and stuff like that. Councilmember Stewart, I am here because you are being charged with acts of terrorism and destruction against Mars and its people. <clears throat> we have uh, to... Hey. Excuse me? We have connected you directly to the bombing that occurred fairly recently, along with the threats made against the Yellow Party headquarters. And we are going to be bringing you in immediately. This is outrageous. This is the Colony Council, and you're coming in here insisting on arresting a member of the council have you what are these charges based on what 
research have you done? What studies have you done that make you think you have the right to kick in the door of the governing body of this colony and charge a patriot with a crime like this? I have all the files in my hand right here, and I would be happy to read them out to the fellow members of this council as we bring you as we take you away for further questioning. And I motion to the security team to grab Stuart. I want my lawyer. And uh, Mariana Mello says, as I recall, dear, you are a lawyer. (laughs) And uh, Councilman Stewart sees the rest of the council is is shocked into silence, but Mariana is is never short of a snippy quip. So uh, the... um, the the Mars security uh grab him the the i think because you did you know you got a 22 it went really well um the earth security is waiting in the wings in case this goes bad but like he was not prepared for getting caught and so you're able to to do this just with mars security the investigation required more than mars security but nobody needs to know that um and they start escorting him off they they haul him out of the building and uh i think uh, one of the like one of the members there's um so there are a few people like you know the Mars security is mostly like people in like uniforms and they were they were prepared for a possible situation so they're in like they're in you know armor and they have helmets on but one of them does not have a helmet and turns around um and then you realize doesn't have a gun either uh because it's Mila Haraway and she was going with them and she says the problems of Mars will be solved by Mars. I trust you members of the council to listen to our governor, to understand that she is here to help, and to set aside this petty bickering about the best way to protect our honor when you can't protect the lives of your people. And then she proceeds out with the rest of the uh, security. Sorry if Mila upstaged you. That's what she does. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I basically, loudly enough so everyone can hear, basically tell one of my aides, she was not supposed to, she's not supposed to be part of that group. What is she doing here? We need to get her out immediately. Uh, I believe she was just overseeing uh, things. But I to, I, I'm, of course, uh, ma'am will take care of it. Thank you. I'm sorry to have to interrupt you, everyone, at this, uh, at, in the Colony Council. I understand that this is a breach of protocol and tradition, as well as the basics of how Mars runs. But in situations where there is, where people are setting off bombs within the city, I think that it's necessary to break protocol sometimes. Uh... Council member Tanya stands and a few other few other of uh, council members were getting ready to say something, but they pretty much yield to Tanya in this situation. And she says, Governor, I think protocol should be the last thing on anyone's mind right now. I've known Stuart for three years. 
I wouldn't have imagined he was capable of something like this, but you are not the kind of person who would kick down the door based on a rumor. Thank you, Tanya. And it's true. I, our whole team worked on gathering this information and I'd be happy to share it with the rest of the council just so they're aware of how serious this was. But yes, yeah. it's, it's pretty concrete. Okay. Thank you. Um, obviously a, a time and a place. Uh, for the time being, uh, council uh, meeting adjourned. All right. And uh, I, I guess I stay behind and watch everyone file out just in case anyone has. Like, I imagine some people want to. I imagine some of the other council members are eager to ask questions about the situation. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily certain we need to act it out, but I imagine I'm staying behind uh, to answer any pertinent questions. Okay, what do you think, like, is generally... Like, we don't have to act it out, as you say, but what do you think is generally the tone of that? Like, is it mostly just people feeling, like, seeming, like, bewildered and you being reassuring? Or is it, like, uh, like you trying to, like, people trying to get direction onto what to do next? What's the... How does this... How, what is the sort of the vibe of the scene? I think it's reassuring because me storming in there is interrupted and shocked so many people that it's a situation where I kind of have to lead everyone on a come down more or less. So I'm basically pacifying things by staying behind and sharing any information I can without, uh, you know, the sort of situation where you can't share exactly everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I want to do, I feel like I want to end on one more scene because I want to, I feel like, sorry, just being a good podcaster, uh, leaving on a problem is probably a good way to, to leave things exciting for next time. I, I agree. Yeah, we should, uh, have one more scene, I imagine. And since we're doing such a good job of taking care of, of terrorism, um, I think, uh, well, first of all, given the that it's not just like there were a couple of people, there was a there was a whole sub faction of the Green Party that was involved. I think we should bump them down from dominant to minority, like the entire party, or just uh... in the entire. I mean, you know, like a part of the party was excised. Oh yeah, that that makes sense to me then. Yeah. Um. Because even the ones that didn't get caught, I think in the wake of all this, I mean, Tanya made pretty clear that those kinds of sentiments would not be tolerated by the party. And it's, yeah, as a result, the Green Party has shrunk. Makes sense. Um, let me see here, as far as opposition... I think... We're in a position where every party is minority. There's a power vacuum. Yeah. So I think our, the problem, the I'm going to set up a uh, opposition scene, and it has to be about social unrest. That's the only thing that makes sense here. Okay. Um, 
and I think Oh god, that's so easy. Oh, it's so easy. I'm an idiot. This is so easy. Um It's time for a special election. We've got to fill a spot on the council. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good idea. And uh currently there is a member like there are four members of the colony council. There are normally five, and there's one of them from each party. Who is going to take a majority here? Are you asking me that, or just as a general? That's this is that's the question of the scene. Okay, because um, there does have to be a scene. I'm trying to figure out how exactly to play this. Um. So I think. Um, I think it's a debate is going to be the scene that we have. Um, maybe it's okay. You know what? This is, this is like behind the scenes at the debate. There's going to be a debate and um, sort of before it starts. Um, I think you are there as like, I mean, this is, let's, you know, this whole, like the, the hole in the colony council was, I mean, you know, you had your reasons, but it was made by you. Um, and so, in their own way, all the candidates kind of want, like, a little bit of time with you. They want it all, like, on, they want on camera, basically, like, a photo op with you. Mm-hmm. And so, there are uh, candidates, like, four candidates, one from each party here, uh, trying, that are all trying to run. Um, and, uh... You know what, actually? Yeah. Um, so, here are our four candidates. Uh, from the Yellow Party, Mila Haraway, who else was it going to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, from the Blue Party, uh, Sydney Fain. Oh, wow, Okay. She's gotten pretty frustrated with her job, and maybe she's ready for a new one. Um, let's see. From the Green Party, let me look at our document here. Hmm. Hmm. From from the Green Party, uh, an engineer from Block Seven A, uh, Benedict Dalton who you may remember as the engineer who fixed the turbines. Uh, And then from the Red Party is the tricky one. Because the Red Party has really been very quiet. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, And for the Red Party, uh, Victoria Bright who you are not personally acquainted with. Okay. So I think all four of these are are here. Um as are you. There's been some like some shaking of hands and some photos and the sort of like like it feels kind of weird compared to like the way you're used to politics being where this feels very much like like a good sportsmanship almost mm-hmm. where everyone's like okay, no, you know, shake hands, keep it clean. Uh, we're all going to go out there and we're going to have a good debate. 
Um, and you get the sense that, like, here on Mars, debates are, are something different, where, like, you know how on Earth, <clears throat> when there are debates and, you know, like, candidates get a prompt, they talk until someone makes them stop talking? Yeah. On Mars, when the timer goes off, you stop talking. Excellent. Uh, the, um, there's very much, like, because this is a, a space colony where there are so many ways for things to go bad. If you mess up, like, the tenuous transportation situation, if you screw up some of the food supplies, if you mess with the oxygen, if you decide you're too big britches for the rules, you could kill everyone. And so that sort of philosophy is carried over to the debates, where it's like, no, these are the rules of the debates, and you fucking follow them, or you're a piece of garbage. And so the debates are very, like, very proper, Everyone is very respectful, and maybe outside of the debates, maybe in the campaign trail, they'll be real venomous, and they'll talk about how much each other suck. But in the debates, they follow the rules, and they try and be respectful. And it is in this atmosphere that you now find yourself surrounded by uh, four candidates who I imagine you have complicated feelings about. Yeah, I can imagine. I guess complication is a bit less with uh the red party since with victoria yeah, yeah since i don't know victoria that well but everyone else <laughs> uh they have their they have their traits i'm familiar with yeah um i think so as as we're opening this scene um i think uh milla has been like making a lot of eye contact with you but you can tell she feels comfortable enough in her relationship with you that she doesn't need to, like, she she'll, she wants to talk to you, but she's not going to try and muscle her way in, right? Mm -hmm. um, Benedict Dalton does not really, like, he's, he's, again, being polite, but, like, when the photo ops are done and when he's, you know, they're, you know all that is done, he's kind of doing his best to stay away. He is not a fan, and he does not really want to talk to you. Um, I think... Uh, Sydney Fane, uh, is very eager to talk, as ever. <laughs> and, uh, Victoria Bright is also, uh, definitely interested. She's got, like, uh, like, long black hair, um, and she is, like, holding a little, a little cup of, uh, red wine. She's, like, there are, there's, you know, like, like, drinks and hors d'oeuvres, but there's not, like, no one's gonna get drunk before the debate, but it's like, oh, you know, maybe have a little bit, just, you know try and make this a nice classy affair mm -hmm. um and victoria is is definitely the kind of lady who even if she doesn't drink a bunch likes to be seen with a glass in her hand likes to be seen as the kind of person who's like there to to listen and to be friendly and chatty um so uh sydney and victoria i think are both uh relatively in your face who would you like to be talking to at the moment um i guess we'll start with sydney Uh, I think Sydney is... Okay, we'll go ahead and <clears throat> get into, find my inner Sydney. <clears throat> <laughs> <sighs> Governor, it's... Uh, I know, I know, third time I've said it tonight, really, but it's such an honor to uh, to be with you here today. I never thought that I would have the chance to uh, be the one getting interviewed. It's very ironic uh, in its own way. Yeah, does it feel nice to step out from behind the camera and in front of it? No. 
Uh, but, you know, sometimes a person must uh, take action to try and push things forward. It's been a little been a little uh, choppy around here, some rough weather, you might say. Or maybe not much weather that does depend on the turbines working. That it does. Uh, and Victoria Bright says, well, I mean, then we have no worries on that front. Uh, the circumstances being what they are, it is still just such a relief that we finally got those turbines working again. I know they've been off and on for, for months now. Uh, tell me, Governor, however did you get to the bottom of that one? Well, a helpful citizen um, happened to stop by and uh, fixed it for us. It, it, it turns out sometimes the sometimes problems need a smaller touch than one imagines, and I should. It 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 was a sign to me that I should be relying more on the people of Mars because your average everyday citizens are much more capable than you give them that then you might give them credit for victoria beams at this and says you know this is exactly what i've always said you have to trust the worker to know the work right they're the experts for a reason i think this situation we're in now where we trust these officials and i mean look i'm trying to become one clearly i don't think officials are bad but Officials are good for official business, and for the unofficial, we need to turn to the everyday, because no one knows the day-to-day better than those that live the days. And Sydney says, ah, yes, that meant anything, what you just said. Uh, I think Mila uh, smells uh, metaphorical blood in the water, and... uh, walks on over um and she says ah sydney uh victoria uh how are you enjoying the uh feels weird to call it a party but it also feels weird to say how are you enjoying the debate doesn't it uh still it's a, it's a great occasion i'm glad that uh we're getting a chance to have a little more representation in the colony that that is showing more what the people of the colony actually feel uh elections anytime even if the instigating event was perhaps a little tragic. Elections are a thing to be celebrated, don't you think? Uh, sorry, that last bit was addressed to you. Oh. Yes, uh, elections are an important part of the process. It makes, sure, it, it, it makes sure that every voice within Mars is heard to the best of our abilities, and... It's ultimately through the it's ultimately through the will of the people that we find our best foot forward. I do, however, have my I don't want to say misgivings, but well, I mean, Councilmember Stewart got elected by a pretty healthy margin, and I'm wondering. I mean, you can't tr- expect people who have their concerns and gives a nod to victoria with the day-to-day keeping this place running doing a wonderful job uh but you can't expect them to spend all their time trying to educate themselves on the circumstances of the colony as a whole that's just unreasonable they have too much on their plates 
I, at the same time, I think it's one of those situations within government to make it easier to understand the political process for every citizen so they're better informed and can play a better part within the this within this democratic system. I can respect that. I can respect that. I feel sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the public is a little too fickle for my taste. And I guess... I mean, listen. You don't need a you don't need a, a lens of truth to see what I'm getting at. Which you know, yellow party. Our our feeling is that we do want people to make a decision. Of course, we want that decision to be in their hands. We just want them to stick to it because if you're taking a poll of the majority, maybe an individual person is able to express their feelings and stay true to those. But as a mass population. People can be so fickle that the majority opinion will shift in such a way that it will sabotage any any attempt at a consistent forward movement. I think that ultimately comes down to what the forward movement looks like. And it's important whenever we make strides to present them in a way that shows that they are both beneficial and that they are necessary to continue moving in a certain direction. Exactly, says Victoria. And sometimes, I mean, it's nice to keep moving in one direction, but does that mean you should keep moving if it turns out to be a wrong direction? You've got to turn sometimes. Uh, and then I think uh, Sydney says, well, I certainly agree that there are times when one needs to uh, turn. I guess my question, uh, Governor, with your time spent, and she reaches up to her ear as if to turn on her streaming device and then realizes she doesn't have one anymore and then lowers her hand self-consciously. <laughs> uh, sorry. My question is with your time now running as governor of Mars, your belief is in automated communism, right? A form of that, I would say. Um, I'm personally, in terms of my own personal politics, I believe that uh, the best way to create a society that's just and fair for everyone is to put the power in people's hands. So, by that logic, and I, I really do mean this with all due respect, why are you here? Before you showed up, we had a mayor and we had a city council, and there or not a city council, excuse me, and a colony council, and there was talk of removing the mayor's office and going simply to a colony council, which, uh, logically speaking, would be a more direct connection to the people with fewer steps of removal and power collected into the hands of individuals. Uh, and it would seem that your station is rather the antithesis of that. I am here mostly on a temporary basis. Like, my presence here is not meant to be permanent. It is here to... I am here to step in in a time of um, rough waters within Mars and uh, 
do my best to write things before I take my leave. Like, what happened with the council was necessary because one of the council members was effectively attacking the people of Mars. And obviously, it's not... I don't want it to be a regular occurrence or even something that ever has to happen again to forcibly remove council members. But in times like this, we need to do what we can to... In times like this, we need to figure things out. And once once things are off to a better direction, I my time here will be over. Uh, and Victoria says, I mean, naturally you can't expect that you can go from zero to communism. It takes time. It takes work. And obviously no one better at work than the people, but the people do need help getting there. They have to be educated. They have to be led to some degree, and then they can take over for themselves, but it isn't just flipping a switch. Exactly. It's something that is a... It's something that is a gradual process that involves taking a look at all the current systems that uh, make Mars or any governing body what it is, and uh, looking at how that might be transformed or transformed or shifted towards a more social group. The thing about Kelly, Mrs. Miller, is she's very idealistic, and I think that's really a wonderful thing about her. She's capable of seeing the best possible world, and she's also capable of seeing the road there. The problem comes when people put things in her way towards getting there. The problem is the the roadblocks that we develop as people impairing her vision. I remember when we were when we were young, we were on the student council together and uh, there was a election for student council president. And it was a weird situation because the only people who would run were people who were unworthy of the title. They wanted it for power's sake. The people who would have been good student council presidents, didn't want to run because they didn't want the paperwork. Uh, And Kelly came up with a great idea, which is that no one should run. Everyone should vote. They can't vote for themselves. And based on that, we will pick a student council president. And based on the back of that, Kelly was our student council president because we all knew that she would actually be the best at our jobs excuse me, that she would be the best at the job. And if we set aside our selfishness, she could make things happen. I think I understand the perspective you have, Sydney, where it does seem a little contradictory to you that someone who thinks that the power should be in the hands of the people has so much power in her hands. But the state we're in, someone's going to have that power. And so you might as well give it to someone wise so they can redistribute it faster. Um, and uh, Sydney does not seem happy with this and Victoria is chewing on it. I think that 
worked well in a classroom environment. I don't think that it's necessarily the best route for a fully functioning government, but I appreciate the anecdote. Oh, sure. I'm not suggesting we should all vote for someone else. That doesn't seem particularly productive. Uh, I was just more trying to suggest that sometimes the best solution is not the traditional solution, and it's also rarely the selfish solution. I know that I'm the leader of the Yellow Party, and so uh, sometimes people talk to me and they say, so... Are you working on your crown, right? They say, oh, what title will you take as queen? I'm not the one who should be queen. That's the thing they don't understand. That we're for a monarchy doesn't mean we think we should be the monarchs. People think it's about selfishness when it's about practicality. Uh, and then I think Benedict Dalton comes over and he says wow this sounds like a stupid conversation it's where we are spinning our wheels i feel a little bit here a talent of yours i understand governor uh and i think uh victoria says dalton and uh benedict says no no i know we're all supposed to play nice at these debates and i get it and don't worry, when we go on stage, I'll be all smiles, just like the rest of you. But back here, with the press gone, you all disgust me. We've got a robot who thinks the answer is to listen to people millions of miles away who have no idea of our situation. We've got a lady who's read a bunch of books that tell her that a throne would solve all of this. We've got Victoria here with her her beautiful wine glass sloshing it about and talking about worker rights as though she's ever worked a day in her life and we've got you governor who's full of dreams and bad ideas I'm sick of this I'm sick of playing nice around here and I'm sick of living in a colony that is being run by people who don't even know what to want. It's true, Mila, I believe you. I don't think you're selfish. I don't think you're looking for a queen or a king or whatever because you want to be one. I think it's because you're an idiot. And I'm going to get a glass of water. I'll see you on stage. And he walks off. And I basically, I, I, I go, well, I guess he has to vent somehow after one of his co-workers got, after what happened with Stuart, but I'm sorry, everyone, this was very, this was very inappropriate. It's not your fault, Governor, I... Benedict used to be part of the Red Party, um, and he's always been very passionate about getting things done, uh, which is, of course, commendable, but, uh, you know, we were just saying things take time, and, and he's never really understood that. Uh, and Sydney says, ah, we'll see how long it takes me to put my 
foot up his ass if he talks to me like that again. <sighs> and then she, as she just sort of like, like her eyes like defocus, and it's like, oh, she wasn't just saying that. Now she's fantasizing about it. Right. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> and Mila says, well. I guess we all better get on stage. It is getting pretty close to time. Uh, Kelly? Yeah, let's get this debate going. All right. Counting on you, moderator. Um, And I think uh, with that, uh, everyone heads out to the stage. There is some polite clapping. Um, There's a little bit of like raucous cheering when uh, Benedict comes on stage from one corner of the crowd. And uh, you sit down at your your moderator's podium, ready for the first question and that scene. Oh, um, are we going to be asking questions in the session or? So whether we could start off ne- like that's the end of the scene. If you want your next scene to be a progress scene where you're asking questions, that's fine. If you want to just fade to black and do something else that's fine either way we're not doing it today yeah we we're <laughs> we almost hit two hours that was that was pretty impressive uh it's a fun game and uh it's we're making some progress uh i don't want to spoil for for folks for the future of the podcast but we do need to be done by march so <laughs> yeah uh. it's uh i think that has pushed up our schedule a little bit like uh I think initially we were intending monthly releases, but just so we can just so we can get the next format of the podcast going, we probably will be releasing these a bit quicker than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at least you know, I, I my communication on this was not the clearest, but it was always the case where it's like, listen, I'm going to promise at least monthly. I'd like to do more often than that when I can, but it's like the problem. Part of the reason we did this. Uh, new show was we felt that with uh with is it anime like there were months where we didn't run a poll and it's like the minimum we promised to do was one poll a month and if we don't do it we just didn't do it um i hate over promising and under delivering and so it's like listen sometimes we will over deliver we will not under deliver with the show we say one a month you will get at least one a month absolutely uh, yeah. But with that said, uh, this, is a, this is a patron podcast for $5 plus patrons. This is the first one that's actually paid. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, for listening to our second episode here. Um, I don't, are there any, like, I don't know how to do this. Because I, I, we're not going to do plugs because we don't need to. But, like, I don't know yeah. if you have thoughts or feedback. Obviously, pass them along to us. Um, how are you feeling about how this is going, Jen? I'm feeling okay about it. Like, uh, it's one of the situations where this is still something very new to me. The idea of acting out in a podcast and, uh, playing a role playing game in this fashion. But, uh, it's, I think the set, I think these sessions are getting better. And, uh, I feel like I'm getting a bit more comfortable. I, th- I think I'm getting a bit more comfortable in this role than I was earlier. 
All right. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm always comfortable uh, pretending to be various varieties of asshole. So that's uh, it's been easy for me. Um, I will officially announce that uh, the first person to send me a picture of a Mars-style pizza that you've made, uh, puff pastry one, so it has to be puff pastry, no phyllo dough. Though honestly, if you send me phyllo dough, I'll probably take it. Um, gets to pick a show for Oops All Anime. Yeah. And are we going to say that can be even one of the bad ones we're trying to steer clear of? Or? I mean, if it's like, if it's real, 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 real bad, listen, if you pick some, like, like, <clears throat> some stuff that we couldn't talk about on radio, we'll message you and work this out. But if you're like, hey, Sword Art Online, tough shit for us, we'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, that that was more what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I'm just trying to like cover my bases. Where if you're like Bible Black, I'm gonna say, listen, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Uh, ooh, ooh, this is a patron podcast, so it's not like going up on YouTube or anything. What if I ended this with "Keep Rolling"? <laughs> do whatever your heart tells you to do. Oh man, that's such a okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna hear some music. Peace. Later. <laughs>